0: This afternoon, we'll read together from Titus, Titus chapter 2. You'll notice that the theme of the message this afternoon is, is taken from Titus uh, chapter 2, verse 13. We'll read the ch- chapter together in its context. The purpose of the letter is explained already in chapter 1, verse 1. It's written by Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth which accords with godliness in hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began and at the proper time manifested in his word through the preaching with which I have been entrusted by the command of God our Savior. This purpose we read in chapter 2, verse 1. But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. Bond servants are to be submissive to their own masters in everything. They are to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, but showing all good faith, so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Declare these things. Exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. Then we'll also read together the confession of the church in Article 10 of the Belgic Confession, where Chapter Titus 2, verse 13, that Jesus is our great God, is confessed by the church the Belgic Confession, and we'll read together Article 10. It's on page 502 in the Book of Praise. We believe that Jesus Christ, according to His divine nature, is the only begotten Son of God, begotten from eternity, not made nor created, for then He would be a creature, but of the same essence with the Father, equally eternal, the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature, and is equal to him in all things. He is the Son of God, not only from the time that he assumed our nature, but from all eternity, as the following testimonies when compared with each other teach us. Moses says that God created the world, The Apostle John says that all things were made by the Word, which he calls God. The letter to the Hebrews says that God made the world through his Son. Likewise, the Apostle Paul says that God created all things through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it must necessarily follow that he who is called God, the Word, the Son, and Jesus Christ did exist at that time when all things were created by him. Therefore, he could say in John 8, verse 58, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And he prayed in John 17, verse 5, And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. And so he is true, eternal God the Almighty, whom we invoke, worship, and serve. Beloved Church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we see the elements of the celebration of Lord's Supper. We are reminded that this sacrament of Lord's Supper focuses our attention on the death of Jesus Christ. The bread and the wine are signs of a human body crucified on the cross and human blood poured out as a sacrifice for our sins. The bitter death of Jesus Christ on the cross reveals to us the eternal curse of God that remains upon sinners who do not repent and believe in Jesus Christ. Our Lord Jesus died as a substitute, the place of every human being who believes in him. He bore the wrath of God that we deserve, and outside of Christ there is only punishment and eternal death. There is a reason for serious reflection, meditation, and thanksgiving. And yet the sacrament of Lord's Supper is not a funeral service, filled with weeping about men lost in the battle against the evil one. We celebrate this sacrament in the confident joy and assurance that Jesus Christ conquered the grave and ascended into heaven as our eternal king. The gospel of Jesus Christ's divinity, that he is God, which we confess in Article 10 of the Belgic Confession, stands behind the work of Jesus Christ that is declared to us in the celebration of the sacrament of Lord's Supper. The joyful gospel is that although Jesus Christ died on the cross as a suffering, rejected human being, according to his divine nature, he is the only begotten Son of God. He was not made nor created, but he came down from heaven to take on human flesh so that he could die and rise and then ascend into heaven in his flesh. Christ did all this work on earth as a human being who was at the same time true and eternal God. This gives us great hope and confidence when we put our trust in him. And as we seek to love and follow him today, as Titus chapter 2 urges us to do, we know that we are waiting for Jesus Christ, who is our great God and Savior. And I preach to you this gospel under the theme, Jesus Christ is our great God and Savior. If you look at Titus chapter 2, you will see that the beginning verses that we just read together are an exhortation to church members of all ages to adorn the doctrine of our Savior and our God with a godly life together. The amazing grace of God inspires older and younger men and women to desire to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. For our God is a God who brings redemption to fallen and rebellious sinners. It's especially Titus chapter 2, verses 13 and 14 that highlight the amazing person of Jesus Christ. These verses, as we've already seen, He is called our great God and Savior. The Holy Spirit is very clear that the same Jesus Christ who gave Himself for us as a sin offering and substitute to bear the wrath of God against the sins of everyone who believes in him, he is at the same time true and eternal God. And that divinity of the Son of God is revealed in that title, Son of God. You see, usually when we talk about a son, we understand that this this to mean someone who did not exist before he was conceived and born. You, children too, you can know that You did not exist before your mom became pregnant and you grew up in her womb. The same was true for your parents and for their parents before them. No human being begins living before he or she is born. However, since Jesus is the son of the eternal God, he shares in that divine essence of God. Hebrews 1 verse 3, which we saw as we were walking in this morning or or settling in to watch via live stream. Hebrews 1 verse 3 says that he is the radiance of the glory of God in the exact imprint of his nature. Jesus is the exact imprint of God's nature. And for this reason, we believe and confess that Jesus Christ is Son of God, from all eternity, and not only from the time that he assumed our human nature. The Son of God existed before he took on human flesh and was born of the Virgin Mary. There was never a time when Jesus Christ was not a son of his Father. Father and Son are co-eternal. And this becomes abundantly clear when we read in Scripture about the Son of God's involvement in the creation of the world. And if you look at Article 10 of the Belgic Confession, you can see there how the church confesses the divinity of Jesus Christ and, and makes that especially clear by showing that the Son of God, the Word, yes, Jesus Christ, did exist at the time that the world was created. He was with God when all things were made, for he is God. And so he is the only human being in the world who prepared the world for his own birth as a baby in Bethlehem. And as he walked on the earth thousands of years after Abraham had died, he could say to the Jews around him, Before Abraham was, I am. Jesus Christ had been in the glory of the presence of his Father in heaven before the world existed. Jesus Christ is our great God, the Son from all eternity, glorious and willing to humble himself by coming to earth to save us from our sins and bring us with him into the glory of God. When we confess Christ's divinity, while we are celebrating this, his sacrifice in the Lord's Supper, we're overwhelmed by the depth of Christ's love for us that is displayed in his willingness to suffer humiliation for the sake of sinners. The Son of God was there when the world was made, and yet he came to a world so blinded by sin that they did not receive him when he came to this world. And as you read in John 1 verse 14, tabernacled among us. He made his dwelling among us. Although he existed before Abraham, he became a descendant of Abraham who was rejected by his fellow descendants of Abraham and condemned to death for his righteousness. When he was bleeding under a crown of thorns, When he was hung on a cross, he was experiencing pain that resulted from man's violent and wicked use of the plants that owed their very existence to his own work. Centuries before, on the third day of creation. In the listening aids, you may have noticed the picture. You you draw a tree with a cross beside it. So that it's in our mind very clearly that the cross was made from wood, from trees that the one who was hung there had made on the third day. And then we see the love of God to us sinners. He left the glory of the presence of heaven. He left the the majesty of his Father to bear God's wrath against the sins of the very people that he had created and equipped to serve him. In their work and in their marriages and in their worship, Jesus Christ was disrespected and hated and beaten and spit upon, and, and, and uh, so that he was sweating drops like blood in his agony and hung on a cross completely and totally out of his love for you who love and worship him today. The confession that Jesus Christ is true and eternal God, highlights the amazing depths of God's indescribable love and grace to undeserving sinners like you and I. What a wonderful gospel message of God's comfort and love that we may cling to in the struggles of this life. We can ask, who are we? Who are we that God should love us? So much, although we are completely undeserving. The gospel I preach to you, the gospel revealed in the Scriptures, is that Jesus Christ, the true and eternal God, came to earth to bring salvation and eternal life to everyone who believes in Him. The value of our lives in God's eyes is staggering to consider. And the fullness of His love, even for those who have rebelled against Him, it's also very humbling. When we understand what Jesus left for us, we see in our own lives our own weakness, our own lack of zeal. When we understand that Jesus Christ is true and eternal God, the Son of God came to earth to die for our sins and humiliation, then we see what true love looks like. The love of Jesus Christ so accentuated by his divinity and his eternity is the kind of self-sacrificing, other-directed, serving love that the Spirit is now working in our hearts to the hearts of everyone in his kingdom. And we are struggling with feelings of laziness and we don't feel like Bothering with corporate worship or, or driving them 15 or 20 minutes to a building. Or when we believe that we have served others enough and feel too busy to help another Christian in need. Or we do not feel motivated to sacrifice our comforts for God's kingdom. The Holy Spirit in our hearts points our eyes to Jesus Christ. To His love to his sacrifice. And he urges us in Philippians 2 to have the same attitude. And I'm reading Philippians 2, verses 6 to 8. Though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself, by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And that's the Gospel. When we are humbled by the love of Jesus Christ compared to our own lives, when we see how often we are selfish and envy or or lazy, the Gospel is that He came out of mere grace to cover our sins, to be the righteous one for us. The Spirit leads us to be very humbled by Christ's love and grace. And He works in our hearts that desire to, as we say in Article 10, to invoke and worship and serve Jesus Christ with all our lives. See your Savior. Who is the one, the Savior that we invoke and worship and serve? Maybe someone will ask you that. Who is this Lord? Who is this Jesus that you serve? Well, you can answer, He is our great God. Even as we focus on His body and His blood in the celebration of Lord's Supper, we remember His divine glory before He even came to this world. We remember His ascension into the right hand of His Father in heaven. He has come, He has conquered death, and He is coming again. Jesus Christ, the true and eternal God, told us to celebrate this supper until He comes. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. And the church of Jesus Christ, who now lives in fellowship and in unity with Him as is so clearly made so clear to us in the Lord's Supper. That church, we are waiting for our blessed hope The appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is God. He is our Savior. He brings us into the abundant joy. And he will drink the wine new with us in the kingdom of his Father. Amen.